Well, hi, and welcome along once again to the Three From Home podcast. It is a bonkers weekend of action. Uh, eight meetings uh, in GB, two in Ireland on the Saturday. It's hard to know where to look. Well, we're going to be looking at Haydock and Beverly, and then I'm going to be able to chat with some of the highlights we've seen over the last week or so, as always. With me, Kate Tracy and Frankie Foster. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Really well, thank you, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, spring in your step, both of you now. I like it. Um, Frankie, uh, you were at Sandown last night. Uh, it was an absolutely stunning card on paper, that. And um, I think it didn't disappoint. Uh, so Michael Stout's winner of the Brigadier Gerard being the highlight. It was, yeah, really nice evening. Um, a real kind of pleasant feel to the evening. And something that I don't think enough Londoners will get is just how easy it was. I'm in Wandsworth, half hour train from Clapham, three and a half hours of great racing, train back and into bed. It was a, it was a class evening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it just, especially when the weather's nice as well, it's, it's always a, it's a great occasion. That, isn't it? But we're, uh, Kate, I was going to say that Sir Michael Stout, winner of the, the Brigadier Gerard, looked um, absolutely fantastic. You know, Bay Bridge last season was on an upward curve. You wondered coming into this, but this was looked on paper, another jump forward, but uh, answered it in no uncertain terms. And it sets up listening to the kind of vibe, some connections. Sounds like Baybridge might be going to the Prince of Wales at Royal Ascot meeting last year's Derby winner at I mean, that'll be some dust up, won't it? Oh, completely. Yeah, that is just going to be so, so exciting. I mean, on the the way that Baybridge, just typical of Sir Michael Stout, where he just progressed through the ranks last year. And it's not really a resurgence from Sir Michael Stout at the minute. But the fact that, because he's always had good horses along the way, but it sort of has this whimsical, romantic feel about it. You know, Desert Crown with Baybridge now, that he's got these two potential stars then to go to war with. And yeah. Baybridge, he's sort of vying for favouritism now with Adair at the head of the Prince of Wales' betting as well. And on the basis of yesterday, to overturn, to overturn Mostadaf, who was unbeaten at Sandown, mm. then going into this, and is a very, very smart horse, and I don't think did anything wrong in that, and had a run under his belt, for Baybridge to overturn him on his reappearance and to be going away at the line, yeah, you could not fail to be massively impressed by that. Yeah, Jim Crowley's interview was quite telling I thought he, he was asked the question you know was there anything wrong or, or was it a case of Baybridge just being really good and he said exactly that he said he just went past him with all, mm. with ease almost yeah I mean it was, it was a stunning performance oh, I was just uh, Kate used the word whimsical to describe us uh, Michael Stout that was, that was lovely Lovely oh, thank uh, you. Fire that, that one early, early doors. You know, still a, I've had a sausage sandwich and a couple of hours kit. So I'm, yeah, I'm, um, I'm still, I'm still on the, I'm still on the hat. The handbrake's still on at the moment, shall we say? But uh, yeah, definitely yeah, not feeling whimsical. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it was, yeah, it was, it was a, a really good performance, and that horse just seems to be taking off. Yeah, so Michael Stout is, he is back though, isn't he? he's got the chest puffed out. I noticed after um, Desert Crown won the Dante. He made sure Aiden O'Brien was it was an earshot and he was giving it all the you know the big ear, you know this horse is the best and I'm back baby and you know for want of a better phrase I, I think he's really enjoying it now as you say it feels in a way though okay I think you're right it feels like almost a little bit of a mini resurgence after perhaps a couple of horses he thought would make up into real top notches haven't and uh, he looks to have some strong Arsenal on his hands this season doesn't he um, at the highlights of the week I just wanted to throw one in here it was the a horse who won it um, a Wexford bumper no risks no fun. Uh, which mm. sounds very much like a night out with Frankie Foster. But I mean, that, <laughs> that, absolutely, um, that horse absolutely pulverised the field. Look, it was a Wexford bumper. We can get carried away in nine links hard hell. Uh, first winner for Di Walters 
uh, as an owner with Willie Mullins as well. Uh, interesting fact there. But um, yeah, listening to Patrick Mullins after, they might go for a decent bumper at Galway or the same. They might, typical Mullins fashion, put him away and look at um, bringing him back for some top novice hurdle campaign next season, see test the water with him and see how good he is. But uh, I thought he was, uh, he was pretty good as well. Look, it's been a good weekend week of action. Uh, and as we said, it's a full on weekend of action. Uh, we're going to cover now uh, beginning with Haydock. Uh, we're going to look at Saturday, the 145, the Betfred nifty 50 Achilles stakes uh, listed contest here. Fast and furious over the five furlongs. Uh, this was won last year by Kings Lynn. A pretty good horse of Andrew Baldings. 11 due to go to post. Now, Dragon Symbol Kate. This mm. is an individual who is um, dividing opinion a lot here. Mm -hmm. It was a real flag bearer for Archie Watson, uh, it has to be said. Showed some really, really good form, including in Group 1 company, uh, when not beaten far at all. Uh, however, his form seemed to tail off to some extent for Archie Watson. He's joined Roger Varian. And uh, to put it bluntly, it was, it was a woeful comeback run at York uh, earlier on this month. However, this is a huge drop in class. I'm finding it hard to, again, we've, we've touched upon this similar uh, line to El mm. Arzi we had on this show a couple of weeks ago, where he dropped down in class and just got the job done. Dragon Symbol could look a phenomenal price at 94 here. And yet, same mm. time, my brain's telling me he could bomb out and come eighth. And we'll be saying, well, it was all there for us to see. That's a real long combination yeah. way of saying, you take it away, Kate. Who wins the 145? No, I'm in complete agreement. I think that was a perfect summary then of Dragon Symbol, where, as you say, this price could look an absolute gimme with him dropping into a listed race here. But he's just not a horse. We discussed him last time before York that I implicitly trust. And, you know, that was sort of shown when he was first passed from post in the Commonwealth Cup. But obviously that was reversed in the Stewards room and Campanelli was then awarded the race. Uh, that was back at last year's Royal Ascot meeting. But as you say, he sort of held his form well, but I thought he had opportunities to go and win those but he just there's just something about him which just I don't know I'm not in a fan of and I think that that was being bore out more and more so as the season progressed and then hence why I wanted to take him on on that reappearance start when he was the 11 to 4 joint favorite in the group two at York and yeah he did he ran no race whatsoever he just weakened out things very very tamely yes he's entitled to come forwards for that I think he is probably a stuffier horse than he sort of looks anyway and there should be more to come from him. And this is a very feasible race for him. But I still want to take him on. I still don't right. want to side with him at the head of a market. So for that reason, I'm going to go each way. Atalus Bay, oh, who is a... Oh, oh really? you with him. Right, this is going to get fun when we get to the, uh, yes. the naps at the end of the show. Right, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Fighting again. <laughs> right, oh, go no, on. I, I love Atalus Bay, especially, um, as I say, with Dragon Symbol, then coming back to the five furlongs, when I think he's very much a six furlong horse, we know that Atalus Bay mm. has no problem over the five furlongs here. He was supposed to run last week, but the rain came. He was a non-runner, so hopefully he gets the ground to dry out at Haydock this week. He loves quick ground, this lad. And he's just very straightforward. He goes from the front, plays catch me if he can. He has the pace to do that, so it doesn't really matter what other pace is on in the race because he's generally faster than them to get mm. to the front. But his reappearance start last time out, he was a bit too fresh, did a bit too much too soon, paid the price for that. But this is pretty open behind Dragon Symbol. So with Richard King's book to ride, he rides, um, he's a winning most jockey at Haydock as well. So I think Atalus Bay is a fair each way price. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Atalus Bay as well. You mentioned a fast individual Haydock. 
in a similar way to York, often lends itself to those with a bit of turbo, doesn't it? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the flat five, if you like, and Atlas Bay does have a win and a place from two starts over course of distance. So that would kind of back that up to some extent. Uh, Frankie, you with or against Dragon Symbol, or you are you on the, uh, the each way alternative wagon? Well, same but different. Atlas okay. Bay would be would be my one to take on Dragon Symbol, and Dragon Symbol is the one that we're all scratching our head over. But I'm going to keep the optimism. Um, oh, with dragon okay. symbol. <laughs> I I got stung <laughs> financially <laughs> with dragon symbol last year. I backed backed him um Newmarket in the July Cup. Second there, I thought right, this this is going to win next time out. This horse went. I was actually at Goodwood. Backed him again at Goodwood. Second again, I thought well maybe some excuses, bit of trouble in running. Definitely going to win at York. <laughs> at York, and then gave up by that point. So, you know, if there was a horse that owes me a few quid, it's Dragon Symbol. The <laughs> forgiving type, the forgiving type, I'm, Frankie. Fox. Well, I'm, 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 I'm retaining some optimism just in listed company. Right. Okay. As you said, we saw it, we saw it with Al Um, My only, the way I would play this myself with my own money would be just watch the market. We saw last week. Um, with the got Easterby horse. Um, uh, winter mine's power. gone blank. Oh, Wait, mine's gone blank. Power. Winter power. Winter power. <laughs> yeah. Winter. yeah. Um, drifted out to fours before the off and uh, mm. did nothing. Whereas Al Azi, a little bit of money, shortened up, went and won nicely. So I'd be waiting, seeing if there is any movement in the market with Dragon Symbol, whichever way it goes first, follows you. Yeah. So it's kind of a a wait and see kind of angle with Dragon Symbol, but Atlas Bay, I think we're all kind of giving Atlas Bay a bit of a tick in the box here, aren't we? For yeah, uh, Richard yeah. Kingscote and uh, the, the Sprint King, if he, I know, I think he hates being called that term, but the Sprint <laughs> King, uh, Robert Cow. So yeah, uh, Atlas Bay each way between us, but Dragon Symbol for Mr. Glass three quarters full, Frankie Cost Frost <laughs> uh, in, in the 145 there. Um, moving on to the next assignment, uh, the 220. Next race on your cards. Uh, the Betfred Double Delight Handicap, £21,600 to win a, a few yards shy of 12 furlongs we go here. Oh, this is wide open. Uh, Kate, anything for you in this one? Yeah, wide open. It's a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. I like Forza Auto. I really like Kevin Ryan's runner in this. But there's one horse, though, further down that I cannot leave. Mm. And he's already been well enough back then as well. And that is the old boy, dual purpose performer, Scarlet Dragon. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he certainly, we talk about horses with their quirks, he certainly has his quirks. And that was showing on his final start for Alan King, where he refused to race at Chepstow over hurdles. And apparently he'd been, that had been happening at home as well, which is always a concern when a horse starts showing that kind of attitude. It very often translates to the track. But then he left Alan King's yard over the winter to join Eve Johnson Horton in the hope she can revitalise him and yeah. get his old spark back here. But this ad, as I say, he is a nine-year-old, but he's running off a very feasible mark here to chance him each way. Just two years ago, he won the Duke of Edinburgh off a mark of 97, so mm. seven pound higher than he's running off of now. And that was his last win, admittedly. Mm. And he hasn't looked quite the same, but this is just looks ideal for him here. That was under Holly Doyle, who rides him again here as well. Reappearance start was very interesting. He was very weak in the betting, and he really really wasn't given a hard time of things under William Buick in that run behind contacts. And even with his eye-catching run there, he was still dropped £5 for that. So 
Loads mm. of good calls for him off of higher marks as well. So we know he goes well at Haydock. Reappearance start under his belt. He's ground versatile. And he won't actually get into the Duke of Edinburgh to try and win um, at Royal Ascot then off this mark. So he needs to get in um, with this rise to actually get into the race. So yeah. he has to win, basically. He has to win. As you say, he's a Royal Ascot winner. Seven pound lower mark than that uh, uh, that sunny day, or say sunny day. Actually, I think it was chucking down the rain the day he yeah. went at Ascot. But either way, he's, he's seven pound low, and when he won at Royal Ascot, that twelve to one best price, Scarlet Dragon, Holly Doyle on bar that board. That is Kate's selection there in the two twenty. Uh, Frankie, for you, I quite like one in this. Go on, Marajan, yeah, um, the Haggis horse. Yeah, I watched Jim Crowley on the last. Yeah, the last two races, one at Hamilton. Um, class three handicap just for, for a horse that you know goes one mile four went one mile six most recently has a real good turn of foot at Hamilton put on the accelerator passed a couple of horses then got squeezed on the rail had to put the brakes on and then managed to quicken up again and win that was quite impressive got raised 10 pounds for that and then came third in a class mm. two or three at York that was over further that was one six and similarly was held up cut through the field from about, I must have passed about five or six horses with that same turn of foot, but just yeah. couldn't quite see it out and catch the front yeah. two. And I think yeah. back now over shorter, one, three, similar tactics, held up, used that turn of foot to skip past and then won't have the challenge of staying that extra three furlongs they did at York. I think it's got a, got a great chance. And if it stays around four to one, I'd say an each way, you know, money back, safe bet would be a great shout. Yeah, interesting you say that. Um, looked really progressive, over the, the 10 to 12 furlongs and then went to York. You rightfully point out it was pretty deep ground, a mile six. Arguably, the old petrol light came on. Uh, back down in distance here today, looks a tick in the box. And uh, also, must touch upon the William Haggis team. Absolutely yeah, flying. Uh, about a 38% strike rate for the whole of May. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely bonkers. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily be worried about the 230-day uh, absence or whatever. He seems to have his string well forward. Uh, for this time of year, I think one would say so. Marjoran, uh, for Frankie, there. I'm just looking best price, yeah, four to one across the board. I'll see if anyone's sneaking out a bit of nine to two. Uh, they're not four to one across the board. Uh, 12 to one for Scarlet Dragon, the roll back the years, uh, for Kate in that assignment. Right on to the 255. Uh, this is the pinnacle stakes group three for the Phillies and Mares. And we have 10 due to go to post here. Uh, Sila Rosa. Is generally your market leader around 11 to 4. Climate 9 to 2. Noonstar 9 to 2. Uh, 11 to 2. Lady Hayes. Uh, and we're going bigger the rest. Uh, Kate, you can kick off here. Do you have a strong view on this one? Oh, I wouldn't go with a strong view. It's a really likable race in this, though, hmm. because I just, yeah, I mean, there's a, so many chances you can give to plenty of these fillies and mares within here. So it, it's not a strong view in a positive sense, really. But I'm going to say, we talk about the William Haggis form. I'm going to side with Sila Rosa here yeah. to hopefully continue that flying form then as well. Because, as you say, they are just absolutely invincible at the minute, the Haggis team. And Sila Rosa, she's just a typical improver for this yard where she really progressed through the ranks last season, winning four times from her seven starts, ended with the listed win at Linkfield in October which she dotted up in by four and a half lengths as well. So she's more than entitled to take this jump up in grade here into a group three. And she could well be better than that again as well. 
and the trends for this race are mad where 11 of the last 13 winners of this race came into it on the back of a top four finish in a pattern race last time out so provided they finished in the top four not in a handicap last time out they were siding with that's what Celia Rosa certainly did so she is the favorite but you know what she is more than good enough for me to side with in what is a very competitive race it is isn't it it is it's a tricky old one to try and weigh up um Frankie for you I mean there's few of these you can on official figures uh the, the protagonists if you like there's not much between them and then you've got some some individuals in here like dialectable you I mean look the part on paper etc but they've got stacks to find on ratings uh, a little bit of a conundrum for punters this one it is yeah but I'm gonna stick with Kate and stick with the favorite Celia Rosa and again another haggis horse and Again, you probably wouldn't be worried about the absent for what you just mentioned on the previous races in flying form. And I'm yeah. sure horses will be firing and Tom Marcond on board as well, equally in good form. Um, I just really like the way that this horse has gone through the ranks from a class three to a two to a one. You know, everything has just been going on a steady incline from ratings to race quality to the way that she's gone about her racing. And it doesn't really seem any signs of slowing down so I'm sure for a winter break um, and given the haggis form she'll come back a- another step better from there um, one that I can't help but mention is Noon Star mm. who I really fancied to win at York and she was yeah. very disappointing um, mm. it's kind of one of those where she might now go on to win and you kick yourself but I don't think anything there was no excuses at York last time out so that steered me away from Noon Star despite some quite quite impressive previous form against some top-class horses. Yeah, interesting you should say that, actually. Um, I, I agree with you to the point there were no excuses during the race of Noonstar, but um, at York on that occasion, she got really sweaty and got in a right old mess mm. in the prelims, uh, it has to be said. I just wonder whether she'd... A uh, uh, race was run by the time she'd gone to post. I, I do think Noonstar's got it in here. To, she, mm-hmm. Sooner or later, things are just going to click. Uh, and I, I actually think stepping back up in trip will suit her. It's just a case of uh, keeping a little bit of a lid on her temperament, if you know what I'm saying. She does blow hot and cold, but if you go back to that run behind Snowfall last year's Musadora, exactly, yeah. in context of this, uh, looks very, very good form. Uh, well, that's what was teeing me up for, for York. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. you know me, Ed, sometimes I spend too long chatting to race goers and I miss the prelims, so <laughs> I miss the trick there. <laughs> you know, he was working. Exactly. You're busy working. <laughs> you're, you're, you're enjoying yourself. You're enjoying yourself. But you're right. Okay. Thank so you. we've got two for Cela Rosa. I'm going to um, remain faithful to Noon Star at 92 here. Uh, for the informants of Michael Stout team, Richard Kingsco on board, having that filly. I could really click. I mean, yeah, really fancied her for the Oaks this time last year. Just didn't work out, did it? Uh, on to the 330. And I bet Fred John O'Gaunt stakes group three action here over seven furlongs, eight due to go to post. And again, Sunray Major has been the subject of plenty of support over the last 24 hours or so. Uh, your joint three-to-one favourite with last year's winner, Kin Ross, um, who had Frankie Dottori on board for Rafe Beckett 12 months ago. Uh, Frankie Dottori's on Sunray Major for Team Gosden this time around. James Doyle comes in for the ride on Kin Ross. Uh, again, not much separated. A lot of these in the market. Happy power at fours. Uh, spy catcher at sixes. Uh, Kate, for you, do, do you think this is uh, as tricky as the market suggests? 
No, I really like him, Rossi. Really right. like him to take on some Ray Major. Um, yeah, I know with a few firms, the betting has kind of re-established itself to have them as joint favourites. But when some Ray Major opened up as a fab, I thought, well, that's definitely worth taking on with the horse with the best seven furlong form in the race, which is Kim Ross. And the fact that Kim Ross is two pound clear of his nearest rivals on rating here. He's six pound clear of some Ray Major on official ratings. And in the hope that basically he's just ready to roll, which he should be because, as you say, he won this race last year. That was on the back of a three-month break, which hopefully bodes well that this is being cited for his reappearance start. And as I say, he is a seven-furlong specialist with very few seven-furlong races around in Britain, Ireland, and um, and obviously over in France as well. Basically, these horses that are specialists, they have to be tuned for these starts when these sort of rare opportunities present mm. themselves. And, you know, the fact he managed to win the Group 2 Lennox Stakes after winning this race last year at Goodwood, beating subsequent Group 1 Champion Stakes, uh, Sprint Stakes winner, Creative Force in second. Space Blues was back and forth. Now, of course, those two horses managed to reverse a form with him later in the season, Space Blues in the Prix de la Forêt. But that Lennox form is just the best form on offer oh, yeah. in this race. And Kim Rossi signed off with a luckless run then in the Champion Sprint Stakes at Ascot on his final run. And I'm not concerned that Frankie de Tori is riding Summary Major instead because he has to ride for the Gosdens, um, you know, as, as his yard. So I'm not taking not taking that personally for Kim Ross. Um, yeah. So provided he's fit and ready to go, I thought if he could just show his best form, Kim Ross would take all the beating. Yeah, I, I, as you say, in terms of form in the book, Kim Ross is, is laughing at a lot of these, it has mm. to be said. My only snag is that, all his best form has come with substantial give underfoot. I think he's never won on turf when the word soft's not somewhere around. Now, it's good good to soft in places, but it's due to be 19 degrees and the, the Costa del Northwest is moving. And that would be a moment if the ground got really rattling there. That might just be a, a slight concern from my point of view. But I'll take your point, Kate. Um, mm. His form really stacks up, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, James Doyle riding out of his skin at the moment. Uh, Kim Ross then for Kate. Uh, Frankie, for you? I don't have a, a strong opinion in this, if I'm honest. But spy catcher would probably be where I'd look to try and pick up a bit of each way money with a with a hope of maybe winning. I just like the way that uh, this horse has retained his progression on the all weather on that recent run back to turf at York was very progressive and putting some solid performances over Christmas and into the new year on the all weather, and then switched back to the turf. Second at York, in, I think what was a competitive group too. The, you know, the horses in behind Minzal came out of a, a group race at Ascot. Even Garus came out of that group race at Newmarket, which was competitive. Spycatcher beat both of those two. Highfield Princess was on the back of a win on the All Weather and, and looks to be in great form. So I think that race stacks up quite nicely. And like I said, it, it's good to see the horse retain that All Weather progression back to turf and could maybe go one better on on second run back on the turf at Haydock. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's a I'm finding this a bit of a tricky one. I was really with Sunray Major uh, when Sunray Major was kind of seven to one, I think, on the early tissue prices. But now I'm almost a little bit like being hypocritical, <laughs> looking looking elsewhere. Seeing that horse is as short as eleven to four. Ah, this is a this is a tricky old assignment to try and weigh up, isn't it? So yeah, one I'm going to um, be moderately tentative with as well. But again, we're we're kind of all. Sp- Splitish on the panel this week, aren't we? I think we're, we're yet to get the uh, all three on the big, the big all in on one horse. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that comes uh, by the end of the show. Um, well, I suppose it's gonna have to come uh, at Beverly, isn't it? We're just gonna have a look at one of the races Ooh. there. It's uh, 
it's it's tricky. It's tricky stuff at Beverly. We've got the Hillary Needer at 205, but I thought it li- that literally is a needle in a haystack job, uh, in <laughs> my view. But on to the 315, uh, the two-year-old sprint trophy, or the two-year-old trophy, uh, as it's called, condition stakes here, five furlongs, eight runners, loads of unexposed types, good to firm ground. This is going to be rattling quick. This is like Frankie to the bar or Kate heading to the gym, you know, just full, full throttle, um, or me, or me to the pace. oven, or me, me to the fryer. I've got the short <laughs> straw now. Ready, yeah. I, I, I think Kate heading to the bingos in that. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, to be fair now, yeah. I was pretty chuffed with where I was at at the minute, but that was probably more likely. <laughs> see, seriously, you've actually scarred me with that because um, my, my daughter's got some Elsa kit arrive, some Frozen. Oh, no. Of course, when that tune came on now, I'm, I'm, I just keep saying to her, Bongo, a bongo bingo. She, yeah, she's just, I know, I'm, I'm worried about the future. Uh, shall we yeah. say? Anyway, um, yeah, I digress. Um, the 315 at Beverly, uh, the two-year-old condition stakes. Uh, whistle and flute, your 13 to 8 market leader. Actually, a bit of two to one floating around bet 365 for whistle and flute. Charles Bishop on board for Eve Johnson Horton. Uh, how are we summing this one up then, Kate? Oh, uh, <laughs> we're summing it up as if we're going to learn a lot. That's the easiest cop out, isn't it, for a two-year-old race? Is that yeah. well, we'll sum this up by we're going to learn plenty. Um, yeah. yeah, if I had to have a selection in this, though, I think we've got the right favourite at the head of the market with Whistle and Flute here. So I have to be unoriginal, to be honest, because Whistle and Flute certainly sets the standard. This son of Dandy Man, who wasn't an expensive yearling, costing just thirteen thousand pounds, but. He was well backed for his debut start, though. Centre foot seven to two, then at Bath, and he won that in really good style by two and a half lengths. They clearly knew his job, and he was just a yeah. comfortable winner. Had them all then strung out in behind on that good soft ground. Global effort, the horse that was second in. He has been a bit disappointing on his two most recent starts, being overturned as a short price favourite. But even so, he's sort of consistent enough where you you don't mind having him in behind you in second there. And then whistle and flute, understandably so. Sent to Asuka under a penalty there in two-year-old trial condition stakes, likeable contest, and he was beaten just over a length behind an Andrew Bolding debutant by Sue Nation, who is obviously one of the leading first season sires then. And that was still a likeable performance considering the three pound he was giving to the winner then within that. So he sets the form standard with experience to bring into this as well. So yeah, not a strong opinion in this race, but the hat side would one whistle and flute. Whistle and flute um, to get Kate off the fence there. Frankie, come on. You're, I've been saying all, all show, you're Mr. Glass three quarters full. Come on, well, let's weigh in here. Who have we got to win the 315 at Beverly? I am because Chateau has only had the one run, but that's where I'd be looking. If you watch that right. race back at Salisbury, um, or Salisbury, I can't remember the horse that came out of stall one, but just completely cut across. Everybody, yeah, yeah, Clive Cox, yeah, 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 and just made a mess of the start. And Chateau got a bit of um, a bit of that and didn't have the best run, really. And I think for a debut run to get bumped at the start, clattered around a bit, and then still settle into the race and finish actually quite nicely, yeah, showed a bit of promise. And the only horse since um, to race again out of that race is the win of Remarkable Force that since has gone on to win a class two at Musselburgh. So a little bit of form there, um, the winner to go on and win again, which is quite nice. So I, I'd be, be going with the Andrew Boulding Chateau. Chateau, yeah. Will Buick uh, riding at Beverly uh, for Andrew Boulding. Um, I, interesting. I just talk about William Buick. It's, it's led me off on a slight tangent, but 
Charlie Appleby is a good stat for you. He doesn't have a single horse entered on Saturday. Whoa. How about that? Eight that is got a, isn't it? Somebody got a wedding or a party? I was going to say, I'm, 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 I'm trying to find out. There's clearly something going on, isn't it? He's off to the Bongo Bingo or something, because there's, there's, that, <laughs> yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. That does not make sense. No. Yeah, eight, eight meetings. No group ones. I won't bother. <laughs> no group ones. Won't bother. Just just mop up a few guineas on the way. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was a, that was a fascinating stat. There's probably mm. some, some stat or record party. that has to go into The delayed guineas party. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. hang on. You know, Frankie, you're at every party going. So um, I was gonna say, you should have surely been invited. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say. Be, but no, I agree yeah, with you. Chateau. Yeah, Chateau. For, for, for Buick and Balding. I think I say um, that's a pretty good shout there. Uh, with that unexposed youngster, five to one. Bet three, six, five, William Hill going. Uh, as I said, Will Buick at Beverly. It's not something you'll see. Um, Mm, that often I wouldn't have thought. Right, that pretty much wraps up the weekend. It's a funny old weekend, isn't it? Uh, in terms of there's loads going on, uh, but it's not like a real high quality affair. But nonetheless, there's lots of competitive action. Uh, before we go, the, the weekend for for yourselves. Are you, are you on track at all, Frankie? Again? No, I've got the weekend off. Oh, I am well, just chilling out. I'm going to go and do some shopping today to get myself kitted out for the derby, which I've left quite late, if I'm honest. But um. I- I remain optimistic. I need to get myself a top hat for the whole shebang. Right. So. Okay, right. A bit of tailoring down Savile Row for Frankie on the, over the weekend. Then no, no. This is yeah, fascinating. Though it's more, not more like eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that well-known tailors of eBay, absolutely. But yeah, it's not far away now, is it? Uh, Epsom, uh, just over a week until everything gets going. Well, in fact, it is a week at the time recorded to the Oaks. Uh, eight days to the Derby. Uh, Kate, are you getting um, your, your your Epsom? Uh, designing preparations underway, or are you uh, are you working, etc. Uh, yeah, no racing post then tomorrow down in London, and then covering it from home on Sunday. So yeah, work, work, work. You do not stop it on weekends, do you? Another. I presume then, Frankie, you obviously are off to uh, Epsom. Kate, yourself, are you there for Oaks or the Derby? No, I'm not actually, and I'm even going to be missing the Derby itself because I. I I have to go shopping for um for my friend's Hindu on next Saturday, so I'll be trying to tune into my uh, phone sort of around Manchester uh, wherever I can. Yeah, weird, that's a terrible weird. excuse. That, that, that I is know. Why, that is why you need e- eBay to order clothes for a Hindu. I mean, <laughs> I know. I, I agreed to this without realizing the date at the time, and can't really get out of it now. <laughs> well, good luck. That's all I can say. Good luck. But no, as you say, we we we're, we're building up to the action on next week's show. We will be going race by race through the card uh, for Epsom on Saturday, obviously with a, an in-depth preview of the big one, which could look this fantastic clash, couldn't it, between Desert Crown and uh, Aidan O'Brien's representatives and all sorts of uh, interesting angles into the derby. One of the highlights of the year, of course. Well, many thanks for tuning in and listening. Let us know your thoughts. Any horses you really fancy from uh, today's show, uh, get in touch, let us know. Anything you really fancy for Epsom? Is there something really jumping off the page at you uh, for the Oaks of the Derby you think we've all missed? Absolute 20 to uncertainty. Whatever. Get in touch. Uh, please let us know on Twitter and comment on the show. If you do like to have a bet, please do gamble responsibly. Thanks once again. Of course, my thanks to Kate and to Frankie. And we'll do it all again next week. <laughs>